Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Happy Easter, boys. Happy Easter, Tim. Easter, Easter is Tim. all about eggs and egg-shaped things. No, Easter is all about bringing you together with people you should never be with. Uh, I today had lunch with uh, my wife and her gender-fluid cousin. That was fun. Gender-fluid, what does that mean? Do I, I have do no I not idea. Know. I have no Come idea. Come on, Joe has <laughs> just got himself in a lot of trouble by being insensitive. <laughs> let's, let's not go there. How was your Easter, Phil? Uh, I was hanging out with my lovely fiancé's family. That sounds uh, lovely. Half of whom are vegans, either vegan or gluten-free. Uh, uh, so it makes mealtime a bit tricky. Oh, can only imagine. I spent it <laughs> watching rugby all weekend. Uh, and on that note, let's put our hands in and pod on three. One, two, three. Pod! It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast with me, Tim, with JB. Hello, Tim. With Phil. Hi, Tim. And we love rugby, but don't take it or us, the game or ourselves too seriously. Uh, we are here with our weekly instalment of rugby chat, all about rugby. Nice, smooth fade there, JB. I Sorry, like that. I, on the music. I, I, I can't hear a thing. Don't worry about it. It's fine. It's good. <laughs> Let's just crack on. Finish it now. Uh, all I say is you can uh, get in touch with us on, well, you can leave a review on iTunes and download and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, one bit of uh, feedback we've got from Brody 15 who says um, I love this pod it's the balance of James Haskell like Bants, Bants. and informative rugby analysis like. really what are you listening to <laughs> uh, he said um, yeah that was that was the review oh and also this one from the wandering coyote Guaranteed to make me laugh, shout, nod my head, and shake my fist in equal measure I'm guaranteed he's talking about JB with that last bit I think he's talking about you that's what I think. Uh, occasionally, occasionally, a sliver of decent analysis slips through the bantonet. See, that's more like it. Yeah, that's the sort of level of balance we're at. But leave leave your review on iTunes, and I might mention you next time. Uh, we really appreciate it. And if you enjoy listening, just take a moment to do that. You can also listen on Acast and find us at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. I've got a quick game of Who Am I to start, boys? Far away. Ooh, excellent. So, a game of Who Am I? This is where I mention a rugby player and give clues from their Wikipedia page. JB and Phil have to try and guess it first. See if you can beat. Them them to the answer who am i i am a former rugby union player played my time in the premiership one of the greatest players ever mm. okay i applied my trade on the wing okay but i i think i know but I'm, go on I'm... Go have a guess. No, no, because I'm, wait, I'm waiting for Phil. I'll I'm going to guess. Jason Go Robertson. Miles Benjamin. It's Miles Benjamin! Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> no! How did you not get that from me saying it's one of the greatest <laughs> players ever to play the game? Because he is the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, JB. <laughs> Poor the pro- Miles. How do you feel, JB? That's the biggest bit of news in the rugby week. It really is. It's, it's, it's tragic. 
It is absolutely, absolutely tragic. Um, the, the game will never be the same. So, if you're a new listener to the podcast, I think it's important to point out the uh, the sort of history of uh, Miles Benjamin and the podcast. How long ago was it when you tipped him to be it like a starter for the World Cup in England star? Three years ago, and it was a reasonable it was a reasonable argument <laughs> at the time. He just came off uh, a Worcester season where he was top try scorer in. Uh, in, in the Premiership, he moved over to Tigers. Was injured. No one said anything about Miles Benjamin. He, d- he came back. He was a ferocious rocker. Ferocious. <laughs> <laughs> but he never hit those heights. <laughs> if England ever needed a rocking winger, Miles Benjamin was the man. Oh, oh, so, it's, a, it's a shame he's only twenty-seven. It, it is a shame actually, because he's a damn good player when he was fit, and he's very athletic, very fast. Yeah, um, and he's quite a big boy as well. Yeah, he is. What six three, six two, something like that. Uh, just over six foot, um, sixteen stone ten as well. Big boy for a winger, strong player. So it is. It's a real shame he's had some uh, injury problems over the years. We're gonna have no. Him. Who are we gonna talk about? Well, your big thing a couple of years ago was um, Anthony Allen and Miles Benjamin start, of starting which, for England. Yeah, both taken too young. To, yes, exactly right, Phil. The only person we've got now is Ben Tail. <laughs> Future England outside centre. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Hear him now. Believe him later. <laughs> My only hope for for you, JB, is that uh, Talon picks up. Why Miles wouldn't Benjamin. they? Why wouldn't they? It's such a no-brainer. They could, oh they yeah. Could just gamble on him. Give him a a tiny little contract. That healing South French air. Exactly. Yes. Right. The air. It must be the air down there. <sighs> um, and get him back fit. Poor Miles. Poor Miles, indeed. Um, but there's an open invitation. Miles, you're always welcome on the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast. The, the, it was quite amazing, actually, and it, it probably says a lot about um, Miles and the podcast, the number of messages we had that <laughs> yeah. within minutes of the news coming <laughs> the out that he'd retired. My Twitter this week has been going mad. Uh, <laughs> two things. One, I'm apparently a militant anti-Georgian. Uh, and <laughs> second, I'm not an anti-Georgian. I love Georgia, and also Miles Benjamin. But between the two of them, they've caused just consistent traffic through through my personal Twitter. Yeah. Well, do you know what? Um, let's let's mention that Georgia thing because we asked for your feedback. When oh, we, when we, did we what, get it? Yeah, did we get it? And definitely. So we we were talking last week after you know Italy's poor performance in the Six Nations, but more than that, not not really so much about Italy, but more to do with how well Georgia have been playing. They showed up well in the World Cup. They had fifty five thousand people in Tbilisi to watch them win the ENC one a league or whatever it's called yeah, yeah. basically the one below six nations and we were debating whether we should try what what world rugby and what the six nations could do to try and develop rugby in europe well, the more i think about it the more i think world rugby have actually done a really good job of it so so let's just let's just recap where okay. where we were at so i think phil and i i'm not sure in fact i'm not sure what were your what was your general point my point was there's got to be a way we can either have promotion relegation or make sure that a part of the rugby fixture list we play these teams I think much yeah. more regularly and spread the money I think your first point is horrible I hate promotion and relegation I think your second point is bang on we have to spread the game to more countries I say promotion and relegation is horrible because there's not a real serious sport in the world that actually you know does promotion and relegation I wouldn't Premier call, League football I wouldn't call it, call it serious though so. you I mean, well, Premier League football we'll, we'll, no. just about the biggest commercial sport in yeah, the world we'll no get- the NFL is with uh, only 32 teams you know and we'll get on to the rugby in a minute but how dull would Worcester and L- London Irish have been without the spectre of relegation? 
It's hard to say, isn't it? I mean, well, no, it's not. Oh, it it, 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 no one would have cared. A dump squid. Squib. It, it, a dump squib. Um, it, it, although squids, squids are also dumped. They're very generally. Dumb. There is the other <laughs> side to this, isn't there? Which is, yes, it is interesting to see two sides scrap it out. But would it be more interesting to see two sides saying, well, we've tried all these old players, they're not working, throw in the kids, let's see what we've got for next season. You know, playing for something else other than relegation. Yeah, I do get I, I do understand that. I, th- I think overwhelmingly the feedback we were getting on Twitter, and that's not, it's not a barometer of what everybody no, thinks. No, it's really good feedback, actually. Some really good feedback. But if there was a, if we took Twitter as a poll of public opinion, then public opinion is very much in favour of actually having... A relegation and promotion in the Six Nations, I'd say. I don't think it is. Well, here's the thing about promotion, relegation, Six Nations. Event. Well, first of all, you take George away, so that's seven nations. And then, as Romania got better, you'd say, let's take Romania away. And then, so you're constantly, you're constantly diluting the product. That's the first thing. Second of all, how would Romania and Russia get better if they didn't have Georgia to play against? And thirdly, once you add all these play, all these teams in, and you end up with, I know, say, a ten nations, which you split into two pools of five. Well, then. Eventually, it's, it's basically what I'm saying anyway, which is make a very competitive East, like Eastern Six Nations. Include Russia, include um, uh, Romania, Georgia, get rid of Italy, they can play there. There's well, four okay. real good teams there. But yeah, no, I get that in terms of playing and stuff, but what, so what, do, you, but what do you do with the money? Because money's going to fund the coaching stuff. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you dictate that the Six Nations have to be a bit big and brave and say, do you know what, we're going to take a hit on our profits and we're going to just share so. some of our cash. I think there should be... That's quite That's quite a, a, a socialist viewpoint from a very capitalist man. Uh, not really, because you know, you're trying to grow the sport as a whole. I think for a tier one nation, there are some rules, regulations and responsibilities. Uh, the rules and responsibilities are basically you have to trickle down some of your money to developing nations. That's an absolute must. Although, let's not be too careful to throw away money at developing nations. We've seen what happens in Tonga. We've seen what happens in Samoa when, when the home unions are given money. They tend to frit, fritter, fritter um, away. So there's got to be proper governance. Okay, fair enough. The second thing is, if, you, if you're a Tier 1 nation, you can lose your players to a Tier 2 nation. I think that's completely, completely fair. And I think also if you're a Tier 1 nation... Um, the governance would would be that you have a certain amount to, to pay your squad. So I don't think England players should be getting paid any more than, say, a Georgian player if they're all Tier 1. And that um, that pay structure would go up. So if you had, say, 10 Tier 1 nations, they'd all get paid the same. Cool. I get it. I, th- I think um, it was a feisty debate on Twitter, and you can always find us at Rugby Podcast, and thanks very much for that, because, uh, yeah, it definitely, definitely made us... Stop and, and, it certainly made and me think, think about things. Yeah. At some point, I thought, "Am I am I wrong here?" So, uh, yeah, just a quick thank you to Paul Tate and Johnny Lewis who kept me on my toes all week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, at Rugby Podcast, you can find us on Twitter. Um, a good egg, bad egg of the week, boys. Uh, who's our Easter eggs? Uh, I'm going to put forward a good egg as well a, a, sh- a shootout between Faz and Sips. Ooh. Two of the standout performances of the weekend. Yeah. Um, Shame they can't just play in the same England team, really. Oh, hang on, they can. They can, and they should. They could do. Yeah, I, I would love to see that. To be, to be honest, that is the first game in quite some time that I think Sippers has actually performed to his potential. Oh, yeah. It's probably since Christmas. Since, yeah, but is since Sippers like a Quade Cooper type player? Horrible for about 
five games, great for four games, horrible for six, great for three, that sort of thing. Well, well I think the benefit of him being at Sale for the past couple of years is he's got much more consistent. Mm. He, he's not been as maverick, and he's not been throwing kind of 30-yard miss passes and uh, going himself as much, but he's been playing very well and controlling the game and kicking well, kicking corners well. Uh, so I thought he had become less like that, but maybe he's kind of returning well, to type. I think... Like you say, consistency is all important. Like, oh, if if someone had said a week ago who who's the uh, next in line as England fly half, they'd be saying Freddie Burns because yeah, he had yeah, one because yeah. he had one great game. He had a great game against. You, you don't want to say Sippers is now the next in line because he had one great game. I think Sippers was the next in line until he had maybe five bad games. Yeah, I think then... he's. I mean, I don't know him personally. I don't know how he thinks, but it does strike me that when he hits a setback. He kind of comes off the rails. It, 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 almost like he's not very mentally strong. So he was playing very well up to the World Cup. Didn't get in the World Cup Cup squad. And he sort of came off the rails. And every time he hits like a, a bump in the road, didn't get, don't, doesn't get in the Eddie, Eddie Jones squad, he tends to you know kick kick the sticks and end up killing a cheerleader. You know, <laughs> just those sort of things. He got Dave Allred um, to come in from his doing whatever, working with NFL what kickers. and Dave Allred actually do? He, he just goes basis? around the world as a... Like, like a, it's not just kicking; he does all sorts of different sk- like tight, a close skill, motor skills, and he just he's like a like a sports consultant, sports consultant, and, and like coordination yeah, consultant. Exactly. So he, he seems to have sorted How out. How do you pick up Dennis work like that? kickers? <laughs> I could do that. Well, basically, uh, have you got the requisite hand-eye coordination? No, but do you reckon Dave Aldred does so? <laughs> Probably not. Do you, do you not. think Dave Aldred can Probably. kick as well as Johnny Wilkinson? <laughs> <laughs> um, and Owen Farrell as well, absolutely sensational performance for Saracens. He was brilliant. He was a clear man of the match in a team that played really, really well. I, yeah, I think we need to reassess our view of Saracens, which is the hive mind. Because a year ago, say, I mean, Billy's always been a good, good player. Owen Farrell has been a good player, but not, like, say, the world's best, say, if you're looking two, two years ago. But now all these young players are starting to turn into actual world-class, world-quality players. Whoa, 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 it's steady. They are, they are on the path towards... Becoming yes. world-class well, I think, players. I think Billy is a world-class player. Really? Yeah, I do. No. Uh, I think... Well, his, his performances in the Six Nations his were, performances were, were world-class. Uh, yeah. He's not, he's not got the... It depends on your definition of world-class, Yeah, come on. But like, we'll see. Do, do, do you go away to Australia and dominate? Well, down not under. too much on the bandwagon, right? But I do think Cruis and... Itoji now. Itoje, like it's, Itoje. it's Maro Itoje. Itoje. Yeah, um, <laughs> it is. That's, 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 how, that's how he pronounces his own name. So. Itoje. Okay, him. Um, I don't think. Well, they like five percent off being the, the best lock pairing in the world. They're not. They're bad not at far. Off. Off. They're not far off. But come on. I mean, don't well, get me wrong. Steady, I steady, well, steady. All the way up to the Six Nations. I was always saying. I'm not jumping on the bandwagon. Not jumping. Yeah. And then I watched but, him play, and but, it's but, hard to yeah. doubt it, really. But I know, but I just I feel uncomfortable with with suddenly going after two games playing together. Oh, they're just a fraction off the best second row pairing in the world. Well, say if they played like they did in the Six Nations but for that, the next two that, or three years, you well, probably say well, they are the okay. Ones. So yeah, say yeah. that in two or three years, then yeah. Say they're world class in two or three years. But, they're, they're on. They're on the way. They're on the way. Yeah. But we just simply don't, okay. don't have enough footage to confirm. Uh, yeah. I, I, I tell you what, the, the, the most impressive thing about Atoje, sorry, is it? A, yeah, you did it right, Atoje. Well done. Um, <laughs> it's just like it, it's how basic what he does is, yet how remarkable it is. And I'll give you an example. Gareth Davis gets his hands on the ball, is about to launch a pass. Now it's obvious. 
the scrum off gets the ball, get off the line, knock the ball out of his hands. But only he can do that. He, only he can move at that pace with that kind of foresight to do it. The it's reaction, quite incredible. Yeah. His line-out work is... The line-out, the, the back-ball steal against Wales was... I mean, that, to me, is... That's world-class. That that, there's no, that there's not a harder skill in world but, rugby. But there's there's been a couple out. of times that it has been pointed out where, actually, if you watch the the Saracens line-out, and it happened for England as well, yes, Itoje does brilliantly well to get up and disrupt, but there's some really intelligent work going on by the lifters. Actually, mm. Billy, Billy Vanapola oh. like, f- changes who he's going to lift at the last second and... And um, so they're just. I think the point you're making, I think, is that these young players now, rather than maybe these Saracens guys, are being coached and are developing as such that they are making decisions on the fly and not so much a hive mind as they were. Well, rugby is all about good decisions. Well, yes. Let's talk London Irish when you talk good decisions. Oh, oh my word. Um, actually, before we go on to London Irish, because we just touched on Saracens and it was just a dominant, totally dominant performance. Do you know, over the weekend, one of the most encouraging things I noticed in regards to Saracens and England, or two things, did you see the England boys on Jonathan Ross? Uh, No. Is this this the interview they did after our interview? Uh, What do you mean? Well, we interviewed them first, before Jonathan Ross. Hartley was on. There, right? Hartley was on there. Yeah, and we did it, and we got the interview with him on, yeah, on well, Thursday. That's, I think they recorded it in the week. Um, Whatever, you know, when they were probably still hung over from Paris. But, um, <laughs> but Billy Vanapola, where's his? Like he was, he was lip syncing Backstreet Boys in the dressing room <laughs> to the camera. He was on there with Jonathan Ross, cracking jokes, and I just, it just, it, it seems a totally different Billy Vanapola to yeah. to the one we saw in the World Cup and previously. He's previously seemed a bit introverted and a bit shy, almost. But he's uh, certainly come out of his shell. Well, I've interviewed no. Mako, and he is actually quite in, quite within himself, uh, unless he just finds me dull. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, in- you did you, you did go in, and your opening gambit was. Are you going to uh, be picked? <laughs> uh, are you? Uh, are you're, you Welsh? You're, you're Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Thanks <laughs> Judas. <laughs> might, might have put him on the defensive. Um, <laughs> but also the other thing, and the other Vernapola brother. This filled me with uh, a lot of heart this weekend. For you know. For, the culture of culture, for want of a better phrase, of Saracens in England. Mako Vinopola saying he puts England's Grand Slam down to booze and banter. <laughs> it's pretty key, isn't it? It's pretty key. Uh, this is kind of what I was saying. No, do you disagree? Uh, wait, with what? I disagree with booze and banter. Well, how much impact? I, I think it has like a two percent boost. So that no way. That gives a that does give a difference. Not a ch- no. Well, no, it's, 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 it's like it's far more. It's like your culture thing. If your team's rubbish, uh, booze and banter's going to keep them rubbish. But if your team's very good, then that little bit of kind of camaraderie and doing stuff for your mates does make a difference. I think it makes, but it's a, difference. it's a small difference. No, it's not a small difference. It's a huge difference. You I'll can't turn you can't turn Broughton Park into the All Blacks because the lads go out for a few beers. No, but you can make the lads in Broughton Park the best they can be if they all got on socially and work for their mates. And I'll give you the best example of this: is why on earth do armies spend so much money on getting the soldiers drunk in like in socials? Because it's very important. Why else would you take rum on rum onto a massive warship? Because it's very important that you get the camaraderie right. And I'll give you an example from rugby, a story that I heard uh, recently about, well, look at how well sail sharks are doing again, and defying odds and staying unbeaten at home. Mm. Uh, a little fact for you, the only team in Europe's top leagues still unbeaten at home all season. Wow. Mm. And 
Steve Diamond in pre-season, so they did their first week of pre-season, and on the Friday, I think it was, the last training session of the week, they got absolutely flogged. And Steve, <laughs> as they were doing this running drill, so the story goes, Steve Diamond was in his little pickup truck and was doing donuts on the pitch whilst they were doing it and was driving up and down shouting at the boys while they were doing their final little drill for what, for, for what reason just right. to prove he's Steve Diamond they thought <laughs> they thought they had another 20 minutes left another cycle of this thing and they were all you know blowing out their ass and Steve Diamond drove the, the car over after he'd been doing loads of donuts and stuff drove the car over and in the back of it it was full of ice and there were loads of beers and he said great great week's work boys Let's, we're going to stay out here and finish these. Fucking love it. Fuck it. Absolutely love it. And that's why I love Steve Diamond. Yeah, and from that, I'm not saying that I, I think it's a bad thing to have, yeah. have a few beers and social. I think it is very important, but it is kind of the top 2%. But but in England's case, it is the difference. The majority of the team has been there for the last four years, and they finished perennially second, and, it and is, this year they've won it. I think it is the difference as well between an individual sport where you've just got to be so incredibly focused, like to the point of being psychotic, that I understand you don't drink and this is your whole thing in life. To a team sport where actually the whole is is actually greater than the individual. Yeah. And I actually think it's... Oh, I don't know. It's hard to put a percentage on it, but I kind of do feel it's more than the top 2%. I, I, I feel that that bond you have within a rugby team carries you so like it, it makes such a difference on yeah. the field it's like i don't know because i mean it's it's hard to put numbers on it and but the i you know when you're not in a cohesive team that's really oh, yeah. got great morale and, and when you do and it you win you just win so much more regardless of the quality you can have exactly the same quality of players and you win more exactly I, right i like the phrase you don't want to let your mates down exactly and, and on yeah. the ruby pitch if you're absolutely knackered and you're you're on the deck but you've got to get back. You get to your feet and you get in line because you don't. It doesn't. You don't want you to be kind of the weak link, the person who lets the side down. So yeah. it it does it does make that kind of difference. So we all agreed more than two percent, uh, but less than five. Well, <laughs> the problem is all the teams do it. So it, like, what is what is the impact? Well, yeah. if you don't do it, I suppose it's the bigger. It is. Impact. It is a bigger impact. Hey, yeah. There was a situation, you know, back to drinking with Alistair Campbell of all people. On the Lions in on the 2005. Lions. Lad. I don't know this story, but I, that's the time I know that Alistair Clive Campbell Woodward's was Lions. involved. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously you need a press secretary when you <laughs> go to New Zealand to lose handily. I mean, it's, it's clear. And he would do things like write the reports of where the players go and media train the players. And two of the players, I can't remember who they, who they, they were. In a bar, tossing dwarfs. Uh, <laughs> no, they decided to go for a drink. And Alistair Campbell uh, pulled them aside, allegedly, and said... You can't say you're going for a drink. You're just going for a stroll, and I think that's when it sort of became almost frowned upon that we do these team activities now, including drink, mm. and they do. Although you could argue some teams have taken it too far, aka Bath in the uh, Crockett Maddox. Is it Crockett? Well, Harris, let's Harrison, again, again, Harrison. again. Let's just leave that there, shall we? Um, <laughs> Inner circle boys. <laughs> uh, yeah, let, let's leave that one there. Uh, but the England boys seem to have a, a really good night out in Paris. Um, by all accounts and well deserved and well, and well deserved but I, so I touched on London Irish and, and you can say they're an example of a team who have uh, clearly have a lot of they have that willingness to 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 work that hard for their teammates and they work their socks off they have been for a while and they definitely did against Worcester but where where they were let down was decisions 
Mm. And Worcester are a good team as well. Let's not forget that. Yeah, um, but I, that was Irish's. That, that oh, Irish yeah. lost that game. Worcester didn't win it. They had two breakthroughs. Maitland was the first, and Johnny Williams was the second in the first half. And basically, two on ones, and the final pass was a good pass. And was dropped. I think Bla- Bla- Blair Cowan dropped one when he, all he had to do, but I think he would have been caught. He probably would have been caught, but he would have been caught within ten yards of the but, line. But Kieran Hearn, that was as that was as much that that wasn't a dropped that wasn't an opportunity. That was a try that he messed up. That was the same as Veroniki Gonover for Leicester dropping the ball over the line. Oh yeah, he was in. Sorry yes. to, to, to interrupt the match chat. Um, Halani Alika, do you know he's he's moving clubs? Two. Sale shocks. Apparently, he's had his medical and everything. Is he? Yeah. That's because Sale have just that been announced. Sale have just announced nope. two. No, it's two not been announced. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry, they've just announced two sign-ins. The announced. And this came straight from Neil Fessler. No, it didn't really. Neil <laughs> <laughs> it will now. It will be now. saying that he <laughs> broke the exclusive. Fessler time. Uh, yeah. So apparently, that's uh, who they've got in to replace Kobolas. Well, they announced two signings last week, didn't they? Including a tighthead. They announced a tight head. I can't remember off the it top of my head. It was... Because it was Kruger, the second Kruger, row. Yeah, from Racing Metro. I'll, I'll, I'll remember the tight head. Oh, oh he's Kira, good. Kira, oh, yes. Kieran Longbottom. Kieran Longbottom from, from Saracens. Saracens. Oh, he's Sorry. a loose head. Uh, he's not... He, he was playing when he... he, he oh, yeah. He came over as a loose head. He came over as a loose head. Sorry, Kruger. Are we talking about... Which, which Kruger Wanda, are we talking about? Juan the, the, the second Kruger. row? Yeah. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. I like him a lot. Yeah, he's good. I think he was at... Diamond took him to Northampton. He did take him to Well. There's some link, wasn't there? Diamond was funneling players in, which he found elsewhere. Funneling sounds like there's something <laughs> undoubted going on, JB. I'm uh, sure there was uh, Through his links. Uh, he, he's got quite a big network, Steve Diamond. Or funneling his, uh, sounds like something rugby players do when they're on, on, on the beers. On tour. <laughs> on tour. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's a very good player. I'm excited about that. Yeah, um, Longbottom. So Longbottom came from, I think it was Western Force he came over from. And he was starting tight head for Saracens. And then he did his Achilles tendon. Um, and hasn't really played since then. That was last season, almost a year ago, I think. It's kind of quite a nasty pack, this, isn't it? When you like, think of like, yeah. if they do get Halani yeah. Leaker in, I mean, they've got basically a brand new front fr- front three, and they're pretty good in scrums anyway. And Cameron Neald is playing blindside. He's he, he a can... he's a quality player, and he, he'll he'll probably be their starting hooker next well, year. Yeah, Weber, he scored at the weekend, didn't he? Yeah, Webber has limitations, but one of his limitations isn't the weight he brings to brings to scrum scrum time. So if you think about that new front row, it's going to be it's going to be quite a quite a proposition. Back to London Irish. One observation I made because they threw that game away, yep. and not just the, the Kieran Hearn butchering a certain try, which I mean that's just got to hurt so much. All you had to do was catch a ball. The pass was perfect. The break was brilliant. Just catch the ball and put it down. Um, but m- as much as that, there was a lot of talk, and there has been a lot of talk about them opting not to take kicks at goal. And mm. rather than debate whether they should have taken kicks at go, I, I personally think they did. They thought they had an upper hand in, in line-out drives, which clearly wasn't on. They got no change out of it all day. Um, but what I noticed when I was on the touchline, because I was working for BT Sport at this game, I noticed Gordon Ross of Worcester, who was obviously on the radio with Dean Ryan, every time Worcester got a penalty in Irish's half, the the players were looking round at Gordon Ross and he was telling them whether to kick for post or go for touchline. And... I don't know, call me old school, but I, I feel a little bit uncomfortable with the pl- the players on the field not being in control of making those decisions on the field. The captain, basically. Yeah. In my mind, it should be the captain making that decision. The the, the coach can kind of uh, determine the sh- overall strategy, but every decision should be made by the captain. I don't really have a problem with this. Um, 
I mean, it depends on the circumstances. Uh, generally speaking, if they're if it's just like a knockout game, a cup game, for instance, and it's you know who's going to score the most. Well, in that case, you know the arithmetic can be left to the players. Not a big deal. In the case of a relegation decider, um, and where things like bonus points come into play and points for points against, I actually think you know having someone on the side jotting stuff down is great. How on earth? Who, I mean, who would you? Oh, I'm, not, I'm not saying oh. coaches don't have an input. So there's a breaking play, and you go, oh, when you go on, send the message on. We're getting no change out of this line out. Let's let's go for post. Don't, you simply don't know. I mean, I, in this case, the permutations aren't too serious. But you could have a match going on elsewhere where they need to where they need to funnel the information back, and it needs to come from the coach. Do we kick? Do we do what? Whatever it is. I forget who was it. It was against, but there was a Bath game that happened recently, and they got a penalty. That th- oh, was it? I can't remember the game. It all come back to me. Might have been. Um, Quinns a while but anyway whatever they were I think eight or nine points down with mm. 20 seconds left and they got a penalty and the players were all looking round at each other and looking up to the stand going what do we do do we kick for posts or do we try for go for a try and or would they have been six points behind so it was or anyway they were just outside the set. Uh, anyway I'm, I'm I can't remember but basically they they spent so long looking up at the crowd going what do we do and the coaches trying to get the message down that they ended up running out of time and they could only oh, tap and go yeah. or but could only sorry could only kick goes, the post. Yeah. but Jay the scenario that you're describing that's maybe one game a season yeah yeah so I, I can understand in that scenario but otherwise it should be the players on the pitch because you you know how many points you need for a bonus point you know how many points the opposition need for a bonus point. And you know whether you're going to win the game or yeah, not. I mean, and that's it. Usually, it's a case of, do we have four tries? Do we want four tries? Yeah. And that's it. I, I get that completely. But on the other hand, you know, you're know, you putting more responsibility onto a player who's already got enough stuff to do. Oh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a minor, and it, The, the uh, Glasgow-Ulster game is a good example. Very annoying for me as an Ulster fan because... Uh, weren't, weren't as pride as you well, normally are we were uh, six points away and the, the 81st minute gave away a penalty almost 60 yards out and Stuart Hogg said I'll have a crack at goal and slotted it to put to put Glasgow nine points ahead future Lions and fullback Stuart Hogg potential future Lions fullback yeah. Stuart RBS Hogg. Who, uh, who player had a, of the tournament RBS who had, Six Nations player of the tournament he had a dreadful game for 60 minutes and then after 60 minutes scored a brilliant try uh, and then played well, uh, including a un- quite unbelievable kick to deny Ulster a losing bonus point. Mm. Uh, okay, so if you've got players responsible for different things, depending on you know what their role is, so fullback needs to think about you know dropping back. He's got a lot of responsibility. Um, wings are covering. Flyhoff's got a lot on. So you basically want your captain. He's got other things like inspiring. What about getting someone on just because they're good at numbers for <laughs> kicks? And isn't that what Stuart Hooper's been doing for the last few years? Uh, you might actually be right there. Just, you... uh, just, just, just processing data. Yeah, yeah. I, I, what I noticed in the London Irish Worcester game is every break in play, and you'd have uh, Chris Pennell, Donnacher O'Callaghan, Phil Dowson. What on earth um, is Donnacher O'Callaghan going to bring bring brings this <laughs> arithmetic party? Just to get a bit banter, power in the banter book. He'll, he'll uh, have a joke, uh, but there was those four guys and maybe one other that all got together in every break of play, and they were all chatting, and you could just tell they were sort of going, right, what's working, what's not working, our defences, we need to tighten this up, we need to tighten that up, and then they'd go and spread the message. London Irish, on the other hand, 
I just saw them every break in play. They were all just sort of standing around on their own, having a sip of water. And there, there didn't seem to be that that sort of leadership and decision making. And we were just talking about Saracens maybe not being the hive mind making decisions. That's what I saw in Worcester that I didn't see in London Irish as well. Mm. And it, it's interesting you talk about like basically number crunching. And you want your captain to have um, an analytical, like logical brain. And what, a good example is when we were the England Wales game in the that, World yeah. Cup. Yeah. When when we actually looked at the permutations of right, you kick to the corner. What's the chance you win the line out? What's the chance that you can drive the line out over? What's the success rate of getting a try and winning the game from Do that? Do we take an eighty percent? Eighty percent? Was it? Would it have been a, it, a well, bonus point or a twenty percent chance at a? See, it was. Well, it was a draw. A draw. Which was it was a kick from the touchline, which was maybe 50, 50, 50 or maybe sixty forty because yeah. Farrell's a great kicker. Yeah. Or it was like a 10% ten percent chance of getting yeah. the win. So. Rob Shaw as captain should have looked at those odds. And How would he know int- those odds? But no, those really- no, he should have just known them. You should intuitive. How? No, you I should intuitively them. think. Right, what's the chance? Right, it's, it's, there's two minutes left. If I kick for sticks, that's going to be roughly. 60, You've got a degree 60, in maths, Phil. Like if, if, you're, if you're just joining us, this podcast isn't one from the World Cup. This is one from the end of March. <laughs> but the, but the, the, the captain should know that. The captain should know. It's two, uh, it's two things. I mean, I I would not know the percentage chance. Of any given spot of Owen Farrell kicking it, maybe his overall percentage. I'd get. No, oh, you have he... a feeling for what the a feeling. Yeah, yeah, you, but no. I, you I, I mean, like, like I, I don't. Well, I, I, think... I don't think you think. I mean, you. I, you're you're I a quantity they... surveyor. You think in numbers. I think I, they I should. Think... I think the captain should know the actual percentage of his kicker getting a kick from anywhere on the pitch. No chance. That's almost impossible. No. That, that, it's not impossible. You just get your kicker to practice a hundred kicks from everywhere in the pitch. I mean, maybe the kicker saying, and I got can, the stats. I can or I can't. But by I mean, you know, some of these kickers are so um, the pride is such that they'll say, oh, "I can get that." I no, can no, get that. you Give actually recu- you actually watch them in training. But it, why not just have a guy in the stand saying, "Yeah, kick that," because yeah. he's got his little laptop. I, I think it's a bit more of a feeling. This one. Personally, that, but that's that. You're much more analytical. I'm amazed, but I'm amazed that you don't want the. How about this? How about captains where the NFL do the uh, read cards on their on their arms with a picture of the pitch and numbers telling <laughs> what the what the, well, the why not? chances? Well, it's well, not no, illegal, is it? Captain should yeah, captain should be able to remember it. Why doesn't he just draw it on his um? Because no, be, just just remember it. Well, how many zones? I th- I think it's more of a of a feel of ha- of how things are going and and what the status of the game is and what your relative merits are. I think it's more of a feeling thing. So, for example, London Irish were getting no change out of their line out drive. They should have had should Luke Narraway should have recognised yeah. and realised and understood that's not working. Let's change what we're doing. Mm. But they just kept trying the same thing. And it got no change out of it. It's really interesting, the psychology behind it. Because in the NFL, the defence will take it as a slight if you don't kick the ball away. Even if, statistically, you've got a really good chance of converting your fourth down. But, oh, well, the defence now think that they're... They think we're a soft touch. Exactly. Or the (laughs) the coach doesn't have faith in them. I think in some ways, you look start thinking about that, like, do we kick to the corner for a win? Or does the coach and the captain not have faith of us driving over with our drills to get over? Yeah, it's very, very tricky. So take it out the captain's hand and just have some 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 maths nerd like Phil on his laptop <laughs> tapping away. Do that, kicking money ball. Hey, do you know what? I can, I can give you a stat far away uh, that is fact an analytical fact. Cornerstone have voted the best oh, plays wow. at the GQ Awards, uh, beating Wilkinson Sword and beating Gillette. That is a fact. It is precision German engineering. Uh, 
delivered direct to your door. So no no messing around in the shop trying to find the right razor heads to go on handles and all the rest of it. Direct to your door. Wonderful. And I'm amazed. I'm still amazed by how many people sign up and, con- and continue to sign up. I'm not amazed because it's a no-brainer because with our special £10 offer, you get to have you get to try it for pretty much no money. If you don't like it, you can cancel. Uh, you can get your free engraved shaft, or not handle, have to call it a shaft, shaft. A sh- yeah. your free engraved aluminium shaft uh, for as, for an order of just £4, but you get £10 off with us by going to cornerstone.co.uk forward slash egg chasers. Give it a go. We think you'll like it. And if you don't, well, you haven't lost anything and you can just cancel. Or egg 10 at checkout. Yeah. Uh, also makes a great gift. And I've thought as well, I might just subscribe twice because once the apocalypse comes, I'll be happy that I have actually <laughs> stockpiled razors. <laughs> Makes sense, right? Yeah. Cornerstone.co.uk forward slash egg chasers. Right. Um, and back to the rugby. I think we should. Can you play your Pro 12 soundbite? Can I? Because <laughs> um, I, th- I think it's, it's definitely about time we delve into the Pro 12. This is a stick. Uh, yes, a, a lot of a lot of stick. A stick for your views on Georgia and the Tier Two nations. Stick for your dismissal of the Pro Twelve as a. The Pro Twelve is not league. a competition. It's not a league. It's not a competition. There's only one club in all of the Pro Twelve, and, and that's Connacht. Everyone else can be written off. Well, you're about to play the the little. So you're about to play the Pro Twelve soundbite, but before you do, there's one bit in it that you the league that brought you Zebra. 12 someone nil or whatever yeah that, that is correct but Steve, Stu Page watched Worcester v London Irish and said hey new jingle for the Aviva Premiership for your podcast the league that brought you Worcester 12 Irish 6 what a good game what a good <laughs> I don't game. know about that the, well, the skills on show it, maybe weren't the highest it wasn't very good but anyway off you go Jay this is a presentation from the world's most explosive league the creators of Dragons 13, Zebra Nil. Starring Rory Pittman, Scott Andrews, and Luke Burgess, the other one. And definitely not featuring Aroni, Celtic Warriors, or Border Reavers. This is the Pro 12 Report. Love that, but maybe some of these guys that are sticking up for the Pro 12 have got a point because Connor. Oh my word! We've got to talk about Connor again. Unfolding in front of us is a story that is potentially going to rival Leicester City. It's, it's that kind of a story. Mm, it's not quite as good as Leicester not, City. Well, no, because there's, there's only 12 teams, and not it'd 20. Like, yeah, okay. Maybe like Connor winning the top 14 and then the World Cup. <laughs> I, I think it's amazing. We got, we got some tweets on this one. So Dara Ruddy says, uh, tweeted to at Rugby Podcast said, this Connacht team have guts by the truckload. Leinster emptied half the island team off the bench. I am so <laughs> proud. And then James Delaney, I love it. James Delaney said, uh, boys at Rugby Podcast, big shout out for four for the Connacht lads, the only true team in Pro Twelve. Here, here, winking smiley. Uh, I'm about to do an egg chasers New York on it. Pints, hashtag top of the league. Basically, he's just going to make himself sound like we sounded during our podcast <laughs> yeah, during New York. Good luck. It. It'll take more than one day to, to sound that bad. Um, but it's a brilliant story, isn't it? It really is. It really is. Did you see the Bundyaki 8 move? 
No. They moved Bendiaki to eight. Did he, he came off the back of the scrum and threw a massive pass, of which it went nowhere. But still, nice <laughs> to see that they're trying it. Trying something different. Hey, why not? Yeah, and I think that... It's just a shame. I think this team's going to be dismantled at the end of the year. But uh, while it lasts, let's enjoy it. Well, there's a couple of people going, isn't there? Uh, um, it, has all you already gone, or, or is he going? He's going. Let's Rob, talk of the fly-half going to Sail Sharks. There is. Um, yes, apparently. Uh, whether that will happen or not, I don't know. I don't really understand the deal there. because Sail have got loads of money. Premiership sides have got loads of money Yeah, now. but... See, I always thought McGinty was actually American. But he's not. He's about as Irish as they come. But you just studied in America. So I don't know whether it's just because he doesn't qualify for Ireland he can't get a contract or something like that. So he may well end up over in the UK somewhere. Well, let's, let's hope he does better than uh, Sail Sharks' last Irish signing. Who was it? Tony Sharks? Buckley. Tony Buckley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Peter Stringer. Oh, no, actually, oh, yeah, strings. take it back. Yeah. What Bath would do for Peter Stringer now? Oh, you're absolutely right. The, mi- the missing piece. He d- apparently he doesn't eat carbs from, like, so like Monday all the way through to Friday not a single carb well I tweeted a picture you can find it at Rugby Podcast on Twitter so I, I worked the sale the, and we will get back to Pro 12 Pro 12 fans don't worry that wasn't it um, we uh, I, I worked at the sale Leicester game for BT Sport and we had breakfast because it was an early kickoff. so the, the catering truck had breakfast and Ugo Monia oh the other half live Ugo, Ugo Monia <laughs> was behind me uh, getting his breakfast and he came back and sat down opposite me and I tweeted a picture um, he's on something called the, and I wonder if you've heard of it, Phil. The the Ducan diet. Ducan? No, no. I think not. I've heard of it. Week one, he said has an attack phase, and that was his breakfast. I'm showing you a picture of it now. It was poached eggs, scrambled with, with scrambled eggs. Oh, delicious! A whole half liter pot of natural yogurt and a packet of ham. All he eats and all he has eaten for the last week is, is protein. protein. That's it. Nothing but protein. I'm, I'm not sure I approve of that that diet. <sighs> there's, there's, so 500, 500, grams of, 500 grams of yoghurt uh-huh. will be uh, about 85 grams of protein. Uh-huh. So that whole plate there, so the eggs, he's probably got five or six eggs each one of those so that's maybe another 35 grams of protein so you're on like 120 grams of protein um, from that meal I mean so you only although need, he's got a pack of ham there as well oh and a pack of ham yeah so, that's another, so he's on that's like so they say you need uh, 2 grams of protein for every kilogram of lean body weight now Ugo 190 uh, sorry he's 90 kg ish so that's 180 grams of protein that he needs per day. Look at the and number crunching on the fly. This so is that, incredible. That, you could just see my face now. This is that, me. That meal. The pained expression on my face. This is the man before who says, I just don't understand why a captain can't know the statistics <laughs> of his kicker from every part of the field. Well, this is why, Phil. No, I don't know. I mean, he should just show that meal to his captain. He should crunch the numbers immediately and away he eats. Exactly. Anyway, what was your point, Phil? Uh, well, that that is... So it, he only needs 180 grams of protein per day. That that meal in itself will be circa 180 grams of protein. Anything else will just be... You'll just get rid of it. You'll just uh, basically crap it out. So there's no point in having any more than that. So unless he's not going to have any protein for the rest of the day... He's working out as well. He's going to the gym, right? Yeah, but even going to the gym, you only need... Like, anything more than that is wasted. Is that right? Yeah. Something. An expensive... Yeah, wee. exactly. An, yeah, exactly. You're making... You're making... Tri- going to the toilet a lot more expensive. There so. you go. It'd be interesting. And who'd want to be in a commentary box with but, someone who's been eating that all week? Indeed. Yeah. But that said, Ugo Monia is in unbelievable shape. Yeah. Yeah, why is he going on diets? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is he just like let himself go? Because he looked pretty good in uh, in New York. He, he looks. Yeah. He look. I, I will say he looks le- even leaner and even 
fitter than he did a BT couple of weeks ago. BT Sport's going to put together a sevens team at some point. What? Are BT Sport going to put a sevens team together at some point? Oh, who would be in that sevens? You'd have Austin Healy, uh, Ugo Monier, Brian Reagan, O'Driscoll, Brian O'Driscoll. Uh, not flat. Uh, ben Kay has actually played sevens uh, round here, uh, like Cheshire Business. Lawrence, I bet Lawrence, Lawrence Lawrence could like, reach around sevens, and yeah. do some good offloads. Yeah. You obviously Tim. or unloads, as they call it in <laughs> Super Rugby. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, you could you could make your, your, make your second debut yeah, at the yeah. top level. Well, apparently, apparently, um, Sky Sports and BT Sport have a match against each other once a year. Might imagine. even be at Twickenham, but I don't know. I can't imagine BT Sport losing that. Actually. No, no, uh, Sky Sports pumped them. Apparently, is that right? Really? Yeah. So. But is it about the players or about the staff? Because they might have a good staff. I, th- I was going to say I don't know how many of the actual proper ex pros get involved, but anyway, I'll, I'll keep you posted. I'll yeah, keep you posted. I'll definitely. If, play. if me and Jay could get an invite, perhaps that would be uh, that'd be rather good. Back to the Pro Twelve and Connor. Yeah, they find themselves sitting pretty with thirteen wins from eighteen, four points ahead of Leinster, who they beat in that top of the table. How that Leinster, you cheats! <laughs> <laughs> cheats how? Well, they're not really Steal- cheats, stealing but, uh, Robbie Henshaw. Yeah, stealing, stealing Robbie Henshaw. Of course. The, the problem is, I've, the problem I've got is back in the day, the Welsh clubs used to play uh, Irish provinces, particularly in Europe, and we used to get pumped. I used to hate the fact that the provinces are basically just cheating by. Pulling all, but now we've got basically regions, so it's the same. So it's the same thing. Scarlets in third are ruining the table because, other than them, it's perfectly split. If you took Scarlets out of the table, it would go four Irish teams, <laughs> two Scottish teams. Uh, no, sorry, four three. four Irish teams, three Scot, uh, two Scottish teams, and three, then three then the Welsh. Welsh teams, then the Italian teams. Yeah. Mm. Scarlets are, uh, are getting ideas above their station. They're splitting up the four Irish teams there in yeah. third. And do you know what annoys me about the Pro 12 mostly? I mean, no, not, not mostly at all. But like, the name value doesn't seem to rub off. So, for instance, the Ospreys have got all these stars, and they're pretty rubbish, actually. Oh, they're in ninth. I mean, is that just that they don't take it seriously? Do they have the same view of the Pro 12 as me? Dan Bigger can't be bothered showing up to work. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's just a bit of, it's just a bit Mickey Mouse, really. Except for, except for, except for Connor, who are, like I say, the only genuine club in the entire, in the entire competition. And all stuff. Mm. No, no, just just connect. Uh, well, keep keep venting at rugby podcast. I've I really enjoyed the rugby and and to bring a bit of balance, which some people have pointed out, there were some dreadful skills on show in the Aviva, Aviva. Premiership. There were some really like Veroniki Gonova for Leicester. They're going to rue that dropping the ball. Just put the ball down and you score. Yeah. Mm. Who's uh, moving to Newcastle? Newcastle, yeah. Next season is he still? Pl- oh, doesn't sound like he's playing at a high level. Uh, no, he's, he's a good player. He, he finished a, a try later on in the game. Well, it sounds like that's not really what Newcastle need. But yeah, either way, it's good signing. I was uh, say, where's Sinotti? Sinotti's fallen off the radar, hasn't he? Just he, not quite fit yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think he was on the bench yeah. this this week, um, but, which is the first time I've seen him on a team sheet for a long time. But Gonover, Gonover's 31, 32 uh, in a week's time. Actually, um, now when he goes to Newcastle. It just depends. If they can kind of maintain his performance for two, three seasons, it'll be a really good signing. He could potentially fall off a cliff. Proverbial like, cliff, of Proverbial course. cliff, yeah. Not a literal, not, not a literal He's not literally going to fall off a cliff. No, although there are There are some in the northeast that he needs to watch out for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he could do like a Alessandro Tuolagi, and it's not doesn't actually turn out to be a very good sign in no. at all. Uh, speaking of, you just mentioned the word literally, Ed Alexander, because we're always on the... We're always on the lookout for when commentators say literally 
uh, inappropriately. Although I did say literally in a post-match chat with Steve Diamond today, Ooh, because I said uh, right I said it. you literally had to weather the storm because they they got pulled. They got they yeah, we get off. it. There was a storm. There was a storm. Literally, storm. there was a storm. He said we had, well, we we weathered the storm at Leicester, and then I said you literally weathered the storm. And I just wanted to make it clear <laughs> I wasn't doing a mess up literally. However, he was literally a, doing a literally. <laughs> however, on ITV during the England Germany match, Ed Alexander tweeted us at Rugby Podcast to say just before half time when Jack Butland, the goalkeeper, went off with a what was it broken ankle? Did he? Uh, or something like that. Anyway, Ooh. the um, he went off the pitch. Anyway. He went off the bad pitch. ankle. Bad ankle. The ITV person on commentary said Jack Butland is literally heartbroken. Oh, well, no, he's ankle broken. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, absolutely, his ankle broken. No, James but, O'Connor a few weeks ago was literally heartbroken. Yes. When he had his, yeah, he was. He had his malfunction on the team bus. He was. Uh, also, another great tweet, actually, before we get back. I know, because I know Phil's got a really good thing to bring to the table in a second, but yeah. t- Tom Kirby said um, at Rugby Podcast, he was watching the Quinns defeat to Northampton who are looking really good in recent weeks yeah. and he said does Ben Bottica appears to have the shortest <laughs> legs to longest body combination yes, in the Avila Premiership but, yeah. hashtag out of proportion Yeah, and I was thinking about this maybe it's something to do with Harlequins because Danny Kerr and Dave Ward have ex- ridiculously short arms well you've also pointed out another player with a long body but shorter legs you personally have pointed this guy out can Is, you remember uh, no Gaskell Oh, oh Gaskell, yeah, Gaskell's yeah. got a massively long back. Yeah, yeah, and of course your brother's called Shinzy for his ex- extraordinarily long shins. Yeah. So Gaskell to Quinns is what we're saying there. That's, oh, that's the takeaway yeah. from that. <laughs> Pretty Mis- much misfit fifteen. So Phil, you something, something that got left off of last week's podcast. Yes, but we completely forgot to mention it, so we should mention it now for sure. Was the announcement last week that David Pocock has uh, negotiated a sabbatical? with the Brumbies and with the ARU. Mm-hmm. So in 2017, he will not be playing Super Rugby because he's travelling to Europe. Uh, I don't think it's been announced where he's going to study, but he's going to he's study... studying here, is he? He's going to study have... somewhere in Europe, most likely England. Can we have a giggle at what he might be studying? Like um, <laughs> sustainable beach science or something like well, that? I think he's currently doing... It's like Whale massage. Every course, every uni- university near a rugby club is frantically trying to set up a <laughs> whale conservation course or something. Whale massage! Baby whale massage! <laughs> <laughs> he's currently doing something along the lines of... Uh, Agricultural and ecological awareness science. I don't even know. That is it. Science or is it awareness? Uh, it's it's one or the other. It, that, that's not the exact title. That's me paraphrasing. Oh right. Okay. I, I would speculate that um, Gloucester and Exeter would be good clubs, like good like rural farming oh, areas. Oh no, Tim, you're so you're. But I don't so think wrong. you'll go to traditional farming methods. Livestock pumped full of anti um, antibiotics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ma- Industrial farming? No, thank you. I think he'd rather go to. Hmm. Where would he rather go to? If you were David Pocock, where would you go? If you were here for Too one, long. if you were here for one season. <laughs> Too long. He's coming to England, though, right? Uh, I th- he wants to study in England. Yes. Yeah, so he's right. going to play in England. So if you were going to play for one Aviva Premiership club, if you were David Pocock, who would you well, want to go and play for? This would be my. This would be me. Uh, I know you. You don't all have different ideas. I'd go for Bath. Would you? Yeah, I'd love that city so much. Yeah, Bath's a good city to live in. Good university. Where where do you go? I think if I were David Pocock, I would go to Wasps. Wasps would be a good show. I'm hearing George Smith might be back going back to Japan. He's not really got the kind of um, work rate he used to have. 
But he's so good. He's he still, is so good. He is still he's very, so very, good, very, yeah. very good. I mean, I'd keep him around on the same money just to have, you know, every other game. Yeah. Or even if you get 60 minutes a week out of it. Or just, you know, in the knockout stages of the Hankin Cup. Yeah. But then if you could upgrade from um, George Smith to Pocock. Then... Might not, in some respects, it might not be an upgrade. I mean, it, overall, it will be, but you know, yeah, like yeah. his game aware, you know, George Smith's game awareness, his experience, you can, oh you know, yeah, he's irreplaceable, pretty much unbeatable. For, for players who are playing at the moment, I don't think anyone's got the, the same experiences. Yeah, it's not only that; it's not just how long he's played, but where he's played. Yeah, you know, he's quite, he's quite incredible. I'd keep him around just to coach or something. And, and the other one is, I think, traditional. I, I can imagine David Pocock going for the full rugby experience I think he'd want to play in front of a a full big crowd so I, I would Sale Welford Road with Sale Welford Road right. I, I think I think Welford Road might be not a bad shout yeah, where would you go personally though is the question they, they, they've got a need Probably in Saracens. the back row Saracens yeah. yeah statistically the right answer yes obviously mm. best, best team Leicester have got a big need in the back row I think I don't think they yeah. have actually I think they well they've got a lot of people who yeah. are kind of average, they get a lot of work out of them but there's very few ultra talented people, I mean, especially at seven. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, to be fair, the analysis they did on O'Connor is it? Hang on, I want to say Johnny O'Connor. That's the that's the very very old Irish flanker. What's his name? The is it Brendan, Brendan O'Connor? Brendan O'Connor. Um, they 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 were amazed by his turnover rate, his work um, his work rate in the Super Rugby, which is why they bought him over ahead of some other very big names. Um, I think they've got a lot of solid. I think very happy with them, if not. Spectacular, like McCaffrey, I think is a good solid player. Yeah, I Mike think Williams is Mike Williams is a good like solid player. Brendan O'Connor is a good solid player. Um, Lawrence Pierce is going to sail. Good solid player. Jordan Crane, good mm. solid player. There's no yeah. no star quality in that back row. He's solid. very solid. He's well, he, he's a bit well, more solid these days than he was a couple yeah. of months ago. Yeah. yeah. But he's a big old boy. Tom Tom Croft is not quite the player he was, no. say three four years ago. It'd be hell of a signing if they get that. If they get him, it'll be hell of a signing. Oh, it would be. If you see David Pocock milling around any town centre in the UK, let us know, please. At Rugby Podcast on Twitter, <laughs> we need to know about. It. If you well, he won't be in a town centre. He'll be in a unless it's in a like an inner city if in you, a city park yeah. or something. If you see David Pocock building a treehouse in your local wooded area, let us know. <laughs> Stroking squirrels. Or f- fixing some solar panels onto a, yeah. a roof of a rugby club somewhere. Or supping an organic fair trade, uh, conflict-free coffee. Conflict-free coffee. Mm, delicious. I don't delicious. want anyone to think I'm I'm personally mocking David Pocock. I, I am. I, I personally I'm am. not, because I, lo- I think that we need more characters, and he's he's a, he's a one-off, and he's a brilliant character. So. Uh, and well, he's, uh, I'll give him this. Uh, he's he's true to himself. Yeah. And that's what it. And that's got to be respected. And he's a hell of a rugby player, and that's all he's I really care about. An unbelievable truth, truth, rugby player. Yeah. Everything else is irrelevant, because he's one of the best rugby players in the world. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd give him some trees if he... If he played for my club, trees. that's what I'd do. <laughs> Before we get on to the looking ahead to this weekend's matchups, um, a couple more tweets. Uh, this one I forgot to mention this one earlier in relation to Miles Benjamin, and it comes from Antonio Argenio, who, who says it's a tough time for us all. Samaritans are getting more calls than when One Direction split. Uh, it is tough. It, it is, is really tough. tough. Really tough times. So uh, stay strong, everyone. And I text, I text JC and um, uh, J. Suicide watch again. <laughs> Can you make sure you've not got a 
not got any shoelaces or belts near you. <laughs> he texts back saying, tasseled loafers don't have shoelaces. It's true, though. <laughs> I, I, Phil, and Same Phil, health and safety reason. And Phil, what's that me to say? Uh, good job, JV wears Chelsea boots, generally. Yeah. Uh, well, it is one of those things, isn't it? Do you know when, like, you no get, laces. Do you know when you get like certain um, certain things arise in popular culture, like trousers underneath buttocks because you're not allowed to wear belts? I do wonder why tasseled loafer hasn't quite made it into prison culture yet. Or rap culture. But it's still... <laughs> There's time. There is There's time. time. Um, uh, another one. Will Parslow uh, sent us a little video of a dust-up in the Royal Navy oh, versus yes. French Marines match. This it was it was like the the old Willie John McBride ninety nine call one in all in. It's brilliant. It was fun. I, see, fantastic. I have no problem with this. I know that some some people somewhere might be you know <laughs> shedding a few crocodile tears, but the fact is these men are employed to kill other men when worst comes to worst. They had they had a bit of a scuffle, and you know what? I loved it. Well, in, even in a rugby terms, there was one point in the London Irish v Worcester match, right in front of me, in fact, because uh, Francois Houhag. Uh, yeah. Hart smashed over the monitor that I was just watching all the replays on um, in the front row and Blair Cowan pushed him that was it he pushed Francois Houhar good and it was a penalty and um, I quite liked that the commentary team were going oh come on get on with it and even the Worcester players around were going come on get on with it do you think it was a bit of um, a deliberate tactic from London Irish to kind of rough up uh, Houhard a little bit because McCloskey Rob McCusker did it as well. He um, he tackled Hugard, and then as he was getting up, he kind of like it was almost it was like a threat of a, a he went, kind of shook his fist in his face. Why I order? Why yeah, that kind of thing. It possibly is. I think you can't intimidate anyone in rugby now, can you? No, no, I, really, I think in this particular too. occasion, it was that Francois Hugard pushed a London Irish player, so Blair okay. Cowan was sticking up for his mate. Came yeah. in, pushed Hugard back, and it's pretty hard fair to play, intimidate. Get on with it. It's pretty hard to intimidate a South African scrum half. He's been intimidated as much as anyone has ever, probably. Yeah. Anyway, the ref just let the Navy and the, the British Navy and the French Marines just get on with it. Well, what else were they going to do? And then get back to playing rugby afterwards. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen it? It's like all the, the full benches are empty. There's like 45 guys, 46 guys. Like the good old days. Swinging for each other. What are the ref's going to The ref and his two mates going to do? Uh, what we've got in the Pro 12 next week, Philip? Next week, well, just, oh, oh, just oh, sorry, very briefly, let's mention Super Rugby as well. Oh, I was just going to say the uh, Super Rugby boys before that, the Bath Gloucester game. Oh yeah, so Bath, uh, much to my surprise, Bath recorded a win away at Gloucester, back to back wins. Yes, it looks like that. Looks like it'll be Gloucester's year next year. Well, I mean, it, Gloucester have lost two on the bounce now. I'm kind of thinking we might have to postpone Gloucester's year for another year. Yeah, next year I think a few changes, yeah. two or three good quality signings. Seventeen eighteen season seventeen eighteen maybe. We'll, I think so. We'll see. We'll see. But, but the, the interesting story for that match, uh, well, I've not seen a huge amount of it. But uh, George Ford missed four out of five kicks, mm. and hmm. they still managed to win. The rugby gods are certainly messing around, aren't they, with Danny Cipriani and George, George Ford. Ford? Do you yeah. reckon, like, again, we won't go on about this too much because we'll wait and see what's going to happen. But if Mike Ford goes, I wonder if, like, George Ford is Mike Ford's insurance policy. 100%. Because, like, I don't know. He followed him pretty sharpish from Leicester to Leicester, Bath. Yeah. Does, I wonder if they come as a package. Well, it's a weird one for Bath because they're top heavy in, fly, in the fly half department. They've got. A guy who they should never have signed and surely must leave in Reese Priestland. He can't stay there. That'd be a good year. signing for sale. Would it? it? I, I think so. I think it would be. Oh, I think it would be. I'm not sure Although, if he still wants to play international rugby and he will, then don't bother. 
Yeah, because yeah, the Harlequins have found out. And if 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 you were the the new Harlequins director of rugby and you were looking at more recruitment um, after, of course, Conor O'Shea finally came out as a worst kept secret, I still thought you might have gone for Munster, but he's gone for it. That's a much better job, Munster. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, if you were the if, 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 if I was the Harlequins director of rugby coming in, the one thing I would say is we are not signing any internationals because it's just mm. completely screwed them up. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. Absolutely right. Um, so he's got to go. I'd assume because they've got. Um, uh, Bode, Bode, no, Boden Barrett what's the other guy called um, uh, Bode, Dan Boden Dan, Dan Boden they um, wish they had Boden Barrett yeah god did you see his try at the weekend oh, I did oh wow gas yeah uh, and of course they've got Ford and if his dad goes uh, so one of those has got to go and they've all been very highly paid to stay there yeah I mean allegedly Reese Priestland's one of the highest paid players in all in all of the premiership bloody hell to sit on your bench to, yeah but he, they maybe he wasn't going to start what is the idea they've got this young Hastings lad as well haven't they yeah at 10. And they let, obviously let Tom Heathcote go to Worcester. And Ollie Devoto's gone. Yeah, yeah, God. So, so I think something will happen there, but I I, I have no idea what. Yeah. Um, I did watch some of the some of the Super Rugby, back to Bowden Barrett. Yeah. And the only game I watched, uh, and I'm glad I did, was the Chiefs. Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. <sighs> They've got a few handy players, haven't they? My word. They play different level rugby. They really do play. And I suppose that's exactly what I expected to happen at London Irish Tom Coventry came from that system it hasn't quite panned out yeah but ugh, just everything they touch just seems it, it's just awesome yeah it's just absolutely the way they keep, keep they keep the ball alive better than any other team I think I've ever seen four tries for Ungatai Natai Charlie Natai sorry, sorry. sorry. Um, they've got <laughs> ignorance here. the most sinister looking uh, fullback have you seen him Oh, he looks like a... He looks like Joker or something. He he looks like... Do you remember when there was the Bastion Schweinsteiger Nazi doll? Yes. He looks exactly <laughs> like... Do I? <laughs> he looks exactly like that. Like, the, blonde hair, uh, slightly sinister smile to him uh, at, the all, smile t- is at all times. That second half was ridiculous. 41-0 second half against Western Force. Yeah, yeah. Western Force were playing relatively okay. But just, I think it's just the speed, the speed of ball that, that they generate. They're always keeping it alive. They always get, get over the game line. Th- their fundamentals are brilliant, and it results in this just magnificent rugby. Our boys lost Jaguares. Oh, sorry, Tim. Just to yeah. just to just to interrupt. Do you know who came on for the Chiefs? Uh, the replacement fly half. No. Do you know? Uh, I do. You do you know I do. Him? He wasn't surprisingly. He wasn't white bait fishing. No, he wasn't. Stephen Donald made get his out return. Of town. Yeah. <laughs> Nice to see him. Wow. Yeah. He looks in good shape as well. He does look in good because he did have the propensity to uh, carry a bit of weight, didn't he? Yeah, he looked, he looked absolutely great, actually. He was involved in one of the final in one of the final tries. Very, very impressive. Los Jaguares, they had only managed one try. That's a real so, disappointment for them. Big disappointment. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I, I kind of sort of alluded to it that I don't think they do their basics well. They're good at a couple of things and everything else is just abysmal. And it'll come back to haunt them. But on the other hand, they will win some... They, here's my prediction for the Jags. They are going to annihilate teams that are worse than them and they're going to lose against teams that are significantly better than them. They're not going to well, be able to... I don't think they're going to be able to punch above their weights. The teams that are the same as them, They'll they lose will to. narrowly lose to. Like the last couple of weeks when they've been playing kind of some of the average like Stormers... Uh, I think Sharks the previous week uh, they've narrowly lost but yeah if they play teams that are significantly worth like the Kings possibly the Sunwolves you could ex- especially if they play them in Argentina yeah. you could expect some big well, scores I think the other thing is if you're playing this offloading game and you're losing offloading is all about confidence I think 
And what what do you do when you've got no confidence? I mean, it's everything turns into fifty fifty. And don't worry about those boys. Don't worry about those. Yeah, it's uh, not confidence. South American playboys. Don't worry about their confidence, Jay. It's all going to fall apart horribly. <laughs> I can just say it. It's going to be like a scene from Elder Order or something. The only other game I watched was the Rebels Highlanders game, which, how, how which was, that? was not great at all. After 60 minutes, Highlanders had scored either two or three tries, and they hadn't beaten a single defender. The what? Tri- the tri- tries, there was an intercept and then two kick throughs that they managed to latch onto. So it wasn't, okay. it wasn't especially pretty. But Highlanders won fairly comfortably against the Rebels. Shall we do our predictions for next week? Yeah, I'll just mention one th- uh, final result, and that was in the Championship in Bristol. A, a grandstand finale to... Uh, oh, against... Doncaster. Doncaster, that's 31 right, yeah. to 29. 31-29 uh, they won. Um, never say die attitude is uh, what they've been... Uh, what they've put their victory down to. Um so yeah, they're, they're they're comfortably like thirteen points clear in the table. So looking... <laughs> they lose in the final again, they'll beat yeah. after all. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Let's look ahead to the the weekend's games. Give me some Pro Twelve first. Uh, Pro Twelve Friday night, seven five minutes past seven. Dragons host Ospreys. Ooh, uh, battle of the bottom five. Who knows? That's uh, bottom four. The bo- the bottom two Welsh teams. No, no, Blues are below the bottom. I'm gonna no, say no, 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 no. It is the bottom two. Yeah, Welsh bottom teams. two Welsh teams. Right, uh, Ospreys. Ospreys for me. Ospreys for me. Then Edinburgh host Zebra. Zebra. Oh, the dreadful Zebra. Zebra. Um, <laughs> Edinburgh will win, obviously. Edinburgh to beat the passive horses. Edinburgh at home. <laughs> and then, then uh, what, what are the ones that can't reproduce? That's like Z donks, isn't it? Uh, like zebra no, and a donkey. You're thinking of or, don't know don- donkeys. Donkeys, donkeys and, and asses. Donkeys and asses can't. They have can't kids, reproduce. Can they? Can't. Yeah. Hang on, you're completely wrong. There. Donkeys can. You sure about that? Yeah, or maybe it, asses. It's can't. A, it, what's when you breed a yeah, donkey can. with a horse? Uh, but do- I, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. An, that. Ass, an ass can't. Look, uh, tune into our midweek veterinary podcast. <laughs> La- last time we didn't know who the. <laughs> last time we were wondering whether Florin Radachoyu was the uh, <laughs> the, the uh, former dictator of West Ham. <laughs> of, uh, of where? <laughs> Romania. Romania. And obviously that was Nikolai Ceausescu, as someone pointed out on Twitter. Someone will we also. We got some very funny tweets about yeah, we that. Have. Well, well done, guys. At, at Rugby Podcast, someone will point out what what the whole thing is about which horse based animals can't have babies. Yeah. So thanks very Brilliant. much. Yeah. At Rugby that? Podcast, and listen next week for the answer. The other game uh, on Friday night in the Pro 12 is one I suggest you oh, do watch. This Ooh. is a big one, this. Ulster Connor. Ulster yeah. at home. Ulster have to win if to get. Top four. Smash Without even a chance of getting top four, we have to win. You're not winning that. It's over. Have to win. We played some really good stuff against Glasgow. Just couldn't finish it off again. Gilroy made a couple of very good breaks and couldn't finish it off. Oh well. You'll get over <laughs> it. I'm really excited about that game. I think that's one of the games of the weekend in, in all yeah. leagues. Uh, is that everything in the, in the Pro 12 covered off yet? Yeah? On oh, Friday uh, night. Friday night. And then also on Friday night, we've got in the Aviva Premiership, Bath host Saracens. Oh, Saracens will smash them. Yeah, Bath will come back down to earth. Yes, I would expect so. Uh, Saturday, in the Pro 12, we've got Scarlets hosting Cardiff. I don't know. Scarlets. Okay, Scarlets. Treviso hosts Glasgow. 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 And Leinster hosts Munster. Ooh. It feels like all the derbies have been replayed, is it? It is. So the Scottish teams are playing the Italian teams, and then... Is this just... one of those quirks where they've got all the players back, so this is going to be the Derby week. Yeah, it looks like it. It's good <laughs> for business. Week. It is good for business, but it just shows like how unserious the rest, like the rest of the league, is really. 
Well, uh, we'll have some serious games over Christmas and just have Six Nations. After that, just do what you want. Just after we have a few more serious games. Yeah. Well, I think they're they're doing the best with the situation they've got. As Phil's pointed out, they made their own their, situation. Their squads will get deeper because they have to, but they're adjusting to now having to qualify. Which you need to cover for no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. Well, I just I just think we, I think we should be a bit more respectful. There of, would be one coming up. There would be one coming up, but. None of the Pro 12 sides made it through to the knockout stages of the European Champions Cup. Exactly. Oh, no, they didn't, did they? Yes, Weird. They didn't. Um, um, Saturday. Uh, Saturday for the Viva Premiership. Exeter host Worcester. Exeter will be... Exeter. Well, I mean, every, every team, as except for Worcester probably, and Gloucester, have got lo- everything to play for. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Exeter still do. They've still got to secure... Secure. Well, exactly, they've got to get top four first and then and try and get a home two. semi-final. Yeah, top two, definitely. So they'll, they'll be going all out to win and I fully expect them to win at Sandy Park. Yes, yeah, so in Worcester, that's the first time they've won four on the bounce in the Premiership. Four consecutive yeah. games. Ever. That's, yeah, ever. Is that right? Yeah. No, no mean feat. Yeah, and they've won five out of the last six in the Premiership yeah. since since Huhard uh, joined them. Halfback honeymoon period. The speed of his ball is so good. Yeah, um, he does look good, doesn't he? Quinn's Newcastle. Quinn's at home. Home win. Definitely. Uh, it's interesting, Newcastle. So, Newcastle not getting a bonus point against Wasps this week mm. means that an Irish obviously did get a bonus point. Means that they're only four uh, points. Four points, yeah. Irish play, Irish are on eighteen points. Newcastle are on twenty-two. So, and yeah. Irish host host Sale Sharks, who are dreadful away from home. Superb at home. Incredible at home. Yes. Dreadful away from home. Yes. And Sippers probably won't like a five hour coach journey down to Reading. So he won't be prepared. Like the night out well. in London afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Well, he, might, he might go, go down, to meet them there. Go down the day before, night out in London. That's, that's more like it. Yeah. Uh, I think Irish could win this. I don't think they will. I think this is one that. I think this is why bad teams are bad teams. I think this is one they should win and they absolutely will not win it. I hope for the league that Irish win it. Okay. To make it a lot more interesting. Well, it will make that game against Newcastle in a few weeks' time. Oh my word! How Even spicy would that important. be if they? Yeah. Uh, I'm. I'm going to go for. Oh, you see, uh, Sale have got a really bad record at, M- at Medeski as well. I'm going to go for Irish just to pip it, hmm. just somehow to get a win. If they can just sort out their decision making in top two inches, I think they can do it. Uh, and then what else have we got? Final game on the Saturday in the Aviva Premiership. Leicester Tiger host Gloucester Rugby, which I think will be a Leicester, be, Leicester that, win. Be a Leicester uh, win. Yeah, it's not their year, is it? So uh, Leicester yeah. for me as well. Yeah, it's not definitely not their. Have year. you got Cornerstone on your on your computer there? I do. I do have Cornerstone on my computer. There. Excellent. Uh, uh, is, is that everyone? Not yet. Sunday. You've got uh, North Wasps host Northampton. In what I think is the other, the other tasty game of the weekend, I think that will be Wasps a tasty game. I'm going to smash Northampton. Uh, Northampton now, are playing very well. They too. are playing very well, but I tell you what, that the firepower. And like once Wasps score one or two past you, and you've got to play differently and remove yourself from your game plan, that's when they really open up. Yeah. So if they can keep Wasps, you know, under control, they might have a chance. But if Wasps score early, this is going to be over. Hmm. I think Wasps will win at home, but not by a lot. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. I think Wasps at home. East Midlands derby. So we're going for all. Well, no, we're not. We're not going for all home. Yeah. Well, on balance, we're going for all home wins in the Premiership. Although Pretty much. That sail away. Oh, I don't know. No, I'm going for sail away. It's tough to call. Just one thing to note: uh, on the Sunday in the top fourteen, you've got Toulon Clermont. Toulon host Clermont, which will be a very intriguing game. Yeah. Well, how did the and how did the Rasting Toulon game finish? Twenty twenty one to Toulon in Paris. Wow. Which is uh, an ahead ex- of their. It's an exact copy of their their yeah. quarterfinal, the ch- European Champions. I think Cup there's going to be a film made about this right, uh, this rivalry one one day. Oh, it's incredible! And it's not it? necessarily about the players either. It's about oh, it's, the owners. It's all about the owners. It's brilliant! I absolutely love it. Yeah, and just the rivalry. It's just it, oh, I absolutely love this. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. When it, when is the European Champions Cup back? A uh, week after this. Is it? It's one more week of domestic, and then it's Europe. Oh wow. great! So no more no more pro twelve chat for a few weeks. Uh, after next no. week, so yeah, stop it. The you're gonna ninth. like. I, I just want to extend a warm welcome to our <laughs> listeners in Ireland and Scotland and Wales because we have quite a lot of them. And JB. Italy, and Italy, <laughs> we, have, we have quite a lot of them. And Italy, quite right. How too. disrespectful, Tim! How very disrespectful <laughs> when you're doing a monologue on respectability <laughs> that you actually miss out a whole nation, a whole tier one rugby nation. <laughs> Yeah, Saturday the 9th European Champions Cup is back. Yeah. Which will be very, very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Um, right. At Rugby Podcast on Twitter, any th- react to anything, or just if you want to continue the JB baiting, we, me and Phil have been enjoying <laughs> that, just watching that unfold. Um, so come on, Pro 12 fans, give JB some stick. At Rugby Podcast on Twitter, uh, listen on ACAST, listen on iTunes, and good work, gents. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Tim. Uh, and we'll be back next time in a bit. Bye-bye. Bye. Sweet. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.